Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking League, your weekly NRL fantasy podcast. Jason here in the studio to provide you an audible edition of the Mercato. For those who are not familiar, the Mercato is a long-form series I write for our website, covering various strategic elements of NRL fantasy during the preseason and, of course, during the NRL fantasy season. In this particular edition, I'm going to be going through my recent article, Get to the Vegetable Chopper, which, of course, you can read on TalkingLeaguePod.com. Forge us articles. It should be the most recent one there. And, of course, a link is available on our socials. In this particular edition, we're going to be going through the price leaks, which, of course, have come from 40statistics.com. So if you want to check those out for yourself, you can head to that website and view the prices for most players that have been in the game previously on that website in advance of the entire game being released. Now, of course, we did do a couple of editions of the Mercado Audible last year. If this is something that you're interested in, please get in touch with us and we'll see whether we can weave it into the schedule. We're still working through our pre-season schedule and, of course, our in-season schedule, so we may be able to get a couple into the podcast feed if there is sufficient interest. But we'll get into the content in a second. So, of course, you want to read the article, talkingleapod.com, slash articles. In this particular article, I go through a few things around the magic number, looking at our guns, looking at plays that have had a discount, plays that have had a discount denied, plays that have had their prices adjusted, and then a little touching on some of the plays that will be back available for selection in 2024 that did not set the field in 2023. So let's get stuck in. As I mentioned before, 40statistics.com, head there, you'll be able to view any player price from a player that has previously recorded a score in NRL Fantasy. So players like Morgan Smithies probably aren't there available yet. So if you're looking for those players, you may need to wait till the official release comes out. Or if they do a team-by-team release on NRL.com, you may need to wait for those. So with 40 Statistics, it's a fantastic free website uh, for all users. There is a donate button there for Justin Robertson, who has created that website. He's done a fantastic job over multiple years and also scored and ranked quite well in our fantasy over several seasons. If you'd like to donate, look, I'm sure he would appreciate that. Now, with the information, it's coming from the website, so there may be adjustments that NRL Fantasy makes before the game is released, or even before round one. But with this piece that I put together, I made some assumptions. So the magic number is 13.75k. Throughout the rest of this episode, I may refer to the magic number. And if I am indeed referring to that, that's the number I'm referring to, 13.75k. So how the magic number works is you times the player's average from the previous season by that number to get their price for the next year. And that is what occurs for most players. Besides uh, some examples that we'll go through, as well as our highest starting prices of $1 million and our lowest starting price of 250 k So as well, we're assuming at this point squad sizes will stay the same, which we don't know yet as of the time of recording when this is recorded on Sunday the 10th of December. And the salary cap will be $10.4 million, an increase of 0.4 from last year. Again, these are assumptions and subject to change. So we'll get into our top guns. Now, as I mentioned, the top starting price for a player in 2024, we believe will be $1 million. So Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary will both start at $1 million. Now, if that were price per the magic number, we would have expected Hines to be 16 k above $1 million at $1.016 million, and Cleary to be one k above that at $1.001 million. So I like the fact they've listed them at both $1 million as it opens up the decision point for coaches that are only, you know, looking to pick one, which is probably where I'll lean. You could argue that Cleary is potentially better value. He did average 75.9 when you exclude that hamstring game. 
However, as NRL Physio has pointed out, he will be playing without a PCL going forward, which may or may not impact his performance. I'm not a qualified physio, so I've got nothing to add on that. There is some scope to pick both of these players in your team, although I'm not too sure that will be a popular option when you consider that Jamal Fogarty at 637k is looking like he'll be a dominant half, and Kyle Flanagan, he's going to be 347k. This is interesting because he had seven games last year for the Bulldogs where he came off the bench and averaged 12.9 in those, and he averaged above 30 without goal kicking when he started in the halves in 2023. So he may not be a slam dunk in terms of 10 points of value, but he's probably going to be an underpriced player that should have relative job security and will be quite popular. So if you had one of Cleary or Hines, pair them up with Fogarty, and you had Flanagan, there's three halves, you know, excluding any discount halves that may also be available, you know, keeping in mind the likes of Josh Schuster. But yeah, that decision point between Hines and Cleary, it's going to be very interesting. It's something that we'll cover in more detail across the season at Talking League. I did speak about that previously, but I did assume that the magic number would be 14.3k. Of course, it's 13.75k, and these two players have been slightly adjusted down and are indeed the same price. So we've had a look at the top guns. We're going to roll down now to have a look at the rest of the artillery. So by guns, I'm looking at any player that averaged 50 or higher last year. And most of them haven't been adjusted up or down. Uh, there's some players that played minimal games that had discounts, and we'll touch on them in the discount section. But there's only really two players above 50 average from last year that had their prices adjusted up. First one is Kalen Ponga. You know, if he was priced per the magic number... He'd be at 707k. He's been lifted up 50k to 757k, which means he's priced at essentially 55. Scott Drinkwater, going off the magic number, would have been priced at 689k, but he has been priced at 715k, which is about 52 and a 26k increase above that magic number expectation. So I personally have no issue with either of these increases. We look at Ponga, average 62.8 at fullback in 12 games. Just two scores below 50 in that, 45 and 17. And, you know, if that adjustment wasn't made, he would have been considerably underpriced. Now he's probably fairly priced when you factor in that concussion risk is there against that potential seven, eight points of value. I think another thing we need to keep in mind as well is the Knights were on an absolute tear at the back end of the season. And at the back end of the season, sometimes you have teams that have absolutely mailed it in so Ponga can cash in. So I think he'll still be in that high 50s. So he's going to be in consideration for me from round one. Whether I actually do it is another thing, and there's another player that we'll talk about later that probably might impact that decision, depending on their availability. He does have no buy until round 12, and he'll probably be playing for that Origin jersey. I mean, of course he would be. He's one of the best players in the game, and he'll want to be back in that Maroon squad last year, having watched them win 2-1, which is, of course, unfortunate from a New South Wales perspective. Now, touching on Drinkwater, who, of course, had that 26k increase, I don't really see too many uh, issues with that. It seems to be a reaction to increasing Ponga's price to make sure they get between these two plays, who are probably the best two genuine fullbacks. You know, we've got Asako and Marju, who averaged quite well last year. Probably the best two genuine fullbacks that players will be looking at from round one. So if you make that gap there too big, you're disincentivizing players going from Ponga and more will lean into Drinkwater who again will be a very interesting option being in that origin mix and the Cowboys not having a buy until that second major buy round in round 16. We've had a look at the guns there and as we said not too many adjustments beside those that played minimal amounts of games in 2023 so we'll jump in 
and have a look at a few of these players that are of interest. So in most previous seasons, when a player's played nine games or less, they'll be in the mix for a discount. Now, there's many reasons why they may do that or not do that, and we might have a look at a few of those now. So some examples of players that have been given a discount compared to their 2023 output include Connolly Lemuelu, who should be priced at 575k, according to the magic number. He's going to be at 494, so 81k less. Dylan Lucas should have been priced at 653k. He's going to be priced at 558k, although it looks like he may be losing the center DPP. Dean Mariner should have been priced at 561k. He's down to 450k, so 111k discount there. Tyron Munro should have been priced at 458k. He'll be priced at 350k, so 108k discount there. Makes him potentially an option on that right wing for the Bunnies. Soafar Longo, he should have been priced at 501k off the back of his one performance in the NRL. Uh, he will be priced at 263k, so 438k discount. I mean, he only played the one game, so of course you've got to expect that. Tommy Jenkins, he'll be at the Knights this year, moving from Penrith. He should have been priced at 547k. He'll be priced at 426k, so 121k discount. And the last one I've got here, Jorge Popuru, uh, should have been priced at 454k after a 33 in his only performance last year. He'll be priced at 325k. 129k discount might be interesting. We'll just have to sort of see what happens with Corey Horsburgh's absence and what that does to the forward pack rotation. There's one real anomaly here, and of course, that's Connolly Lamuelu. It's really strange what they've done with his price. He played 23 games last year, including three off the bench and three games that were curtailed by concussion slash failed HIA. So if anything, he should have been in the next section where we're going to be having a look at the adjusted players. But instead, he's getting the Stephen Crichton treatment. 91k discount. He keeps center dual position, which is interesting. And the Dolphins are, of course, the only team to play all three major buy rounds. So Ceteris Paribus, he's probably going to be a nice season-long asset that becomes a tidy 18th, 19th man down the stretch if he is not putting up keeper centre numbers with that DPP. Now, before we get into the players that did have an adjustment back up, let's go through some of the players that are a discount to nine. So sad news for TK, Sam Walker, he keeps his initial price 685k uh, per the magic number. Adam Dway stays at 626k, Jaden Braley 575k, although probably with Crossland pushing for that nine jersey, wasn't going to be an option anyway. Toby Sexton, he'll be 551k. Zach Laybart, who was probably of interest uh, if he did have a discount, he stays at 509k, which probably erodes any value from him, even if he does start in the back line for the Cowboys, which is a wait and see at the moment. Ryan Pappenhausen, more on him late at 495k. Brad Schneider, be backing up the halves at the Panthers at 468k. Jonah Pezzett doing that same role at the Storm, 452k. CY Wong, uh, all fours, he keeps his price there. Kola Luapu, 408k. And Tane Topiki uh, is 388k. So none of those plays had their prices adjusted against the magic number multiplied by the 2023 average. And for most of them, I think it makes sense. So Ryan Pappenhausen's you know, the real headline grabber in this list you know, with Lemuelu probably should have been adjusted. He only played two games last year. But I want to bring up a point that Mark Jessup from the Fantasy Amateurs raised on or around those last couple of rounds when Pappenhausen was going out and playing those last two games of the season, that probably wanted to see Pappenhausen get one good score. Reason being that'll get his average up relatively high and take him out of that risk zone at being inflated back up probably past uh, any point where there would be points of value for him. So 65 in round 27 against the Broncos for that horrific ankle injury. 
That got his season average up to 36 after he had a 7 in his first appearance off the bench. And, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see as to whether he will be a legitimate target in round one. You know, goal kicking, free running, he would be a great value pick at that point. And, you know, you probably wouldn't take Ponga with him because that's too much investment in your winger fullbacks. But we'll have to see. And our physio, Brian Cini, has pointed out that Papenhausen will be spending some of his own dosh heading over to the US for some reconditioning work uh, to get himself up and running in 2024. Hopefully he's available from round one. Again, remains to be seen. Now, the players above had discounts tonight, but looking at players that had their prices adjusted, and by adjusted, I mean they've adjusted them back up above what their magic number calculation would have been. So, a lot of these, I think they make much sense, and essentially what our fantasy is trying to do is looking at these plays that are going to be incredibly highly owned anyway, because of the obvious value that appears there. By lifting their price up a little bit, it just makes it a little bit more difficult to get your round one squad together, and anything that does that is usually something I'm going to be on board with because it affects all coaches and it's something that we are aware of as soon as the game opens up. So some examples of players that have had their prices adjusted against their magic number is Stephen Crichton, ironically. He has gone from 595k for the magic number to 620, so a 25k increase there. Wait and see with him around DPP and where he plays at the Doggies. Speaking of the Doggies, Joshy Curran, he goes from 465k to 501k, so 36k higher than expected per the magic number. Tom Starling goes from 389k to 465k, 76k increase. He'll be one to watch again, probably going to be playing off the bench, you would think, if he is actually in the team for the Raiders. You know, it's in those low 300s, if he dropped down there with a couple of slow scores, potentially might be a pickup later on in the season, but again, he's not really going to be round one consideration. At this stage, his teammate at the Raiders, Xavier Savage, should have been priced at 261k uh, per the magic number calculations. He has been uplifted to the 350k, so priced at about a 25. No real issues there. If he's in the starting team in round one, he's probably going to be a popular pick anyway. Now let's have a look at a pair of Parramatta players. We'll start first with Sean Lane, a very interesting option in 2024. 2023 season, of course, interrupted by a jaw injury in pre-season and then subsequent injury setbacks during the season. If he was priced per his magic number, he'd be at 491k, but he is priced at 558k, or the equivalent of a 41 average, so a 67 increase above his magic number. That may sap out a little bit of the value, but he still may be of interest come round one. The other player in the Parramatta pair is Joe Offerhengawi. Would have been priced at 369k uh, by using his magic number. He is lifted up 40k to 409k, so might potentially be of interest to fantasy coaches in 2024. And last one, origin hero for Queensland, Edric Lee. Should have been base price, 250k. However, he has been uplifted to 298k. Remains to be seen whether he'll be fit and firing for round one for the Dolphins. Most of these adjustments make sense. These players have limited roles well below their full potential. And, you know, with Stephen Crichton, potentially it's a redress of his severe underpricing in 2021. Now, before we wrap up, some boys are back in town. And we're looking at players that, of course, didn't play in 2023 and record any fantasy scores. And a few of their prices are of interest here. So, both all in all, he's at 660k, which is pretty much akin to his 2022 production. Taylor May, he's 600k, again, not too far away from where he was in 2022. Roger Tuovasek, RTS, he is back for the Warriors. He is at 538k, which is slightly below 
his 2021 average. And Christian Mapabalangi, who is a player of high interest for fantasy coaches, if he does indeed get that start in Dom, Dom Young's vacant wing position. Again, we'll have to wait and see whether he does indeed get that, but he would probably look like a DPP candidate if he was named on the wing, centre wing and fullback, uh, which would be pretty tidy. RTS has a slight discount there. As we've touched on already, probably not going to be an option from the start as you'll most likely play centre instead of fullback. As well, he hasn't played league since 2021, having played Union in 2022 and 2023. But remains to be seen how he goes. Taylor may probably pick up dual position if he starts, but hard to pick up a 600k outside back that isn't a dominant fullback or a goal-kicking player. So that wraps up this edition of the Mikado. Be sure to join us in the next episode, which potentially may also have an audible version, but most likely just a written version at TalkingLeaguePod.com for just articles. In that edition, I'll be going through the game structure for 2024, potentially looking at any rule changes that are put in front of us uh, from NRL Fantasy. But in the meantime, be sure to tuck into all the content on the Talking League podcast feed, including yours truly on Talking Sport, the boys on Talking Shit, and of course... Brenton and TK's fantasy previews where they go through an early season preview of each NRL fantasy team. But until then, thank you for joining us and we'll catch you in the next one.